Good morning. And peace be with you. I'm going to let you look at your bulletins and the announcements by yourself. And just to highlight the 60 years of blessing that is creeping up on us, just like those things do, on November 6th. So please be in prayer with that. If you'd like to participate, there is uh, meetings. There are meetings uh, that you can come by and, and uh, see what kind of help is needed, and we would appreciate that. Somebody who wrote the announcements did a wonderful job, and they were very human, and there may have been a slight boo-boo. And the committee is meeting tomorrow at 11. So um, <laughs> you do a wonderful job, and that was nice. And I say that because I mean it. And I don't want to do it myself. I also, and I'm glad that we can laugh, because uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but like in the last year or so, does it seem like people are a little more angry than usual? Have you noticed people are a little, I'm thinking of the clean word, mad? You know, and um, I've even noticed it in places where, boy, I didn't think I'd ever notice that, which is myself, you know, because I'm usually just so easygoing. She's not looking amused. Um, so what's the inoculation for that? What's going on? Well, uh, this world is in turmoil, and there's a lot of things that are going wrong, not just in the greater world, but maybe even in our little space. So do we gather today in this place called a sanctuary? And I'm going to pray over us right now, because I want us to be able to take a deep breath in and just let the things of the world go. That this is a time between you and Jesus, between you and Abba Father, between you and the Holy Spirit that is going to do the gospel unto you, those that hear it. We pray that every Saturday morning with the men. Do the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do the gospel unto the hearers. And that's my prayer for you. I pray that that's what you would pray for me and that we can just surrender it all to him, if not completely for the whole week. How about for about an hour and 15 minutes? Amen? Amen. All right, Tim, let's get started. Thy name to see 
Thy sacred witness bear in this glad hour. Please stand if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known and from whom no secrets are hid, Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins... God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son 
to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as you're called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia, sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, the source of all that is just and good, nourish in us every virtue and bring to completion every good intent, that we may grow in grace and bring forth the fruit of good works. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. Uh, The first reading this morning is taken from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and this can be found on page 279 in your pew Bible. Deuteronomy means repetition of the law. And in this chapter, God is demanding obedience to his laws and decrees for the benefit of his chosen people. Deuteronomy 4, beginning with the first verse. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I am about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. You saw with your own eyes what the Lord did at Baal Peor. The Lord your God destroyed from among you everyone who followed the Baal of Peor. But all of you who held fast to the Lord your God are still alive today. See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully. For this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Our second reading this morning is taken from Psalm 119, verses 129 to 136, and that's printed in your bulletin. When I first saw this, I thought we were reading all of... uh, chapter 119, because that's what it says up here, and that's 176 verses. It's only an hour service. This is the longest chapter in the Bible. The author is unknown, but believed to be a very pious worshiper after the Israelites returned from exile. This is a devotional to the Word of God. Your statutes are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from human oppression, that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. 
The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's first letter to the Christian Gentiles in Ephesus, Greece, who are surrounded and being persecuted by pagans. This is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia. Holy Gospel according to Saint Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel reading this morning is Mark 7, verses 14 through 23, and can be found on page 1564 of your pew Bible. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him, and he said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. And after he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? He asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. 
In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil comes. Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Innocent until innocent until proven guilty. That phrase is a simplified expression of how the legal system in this country is supposed to work. And as I just demonstrated, or rather you demonstrated, uh, most, if not all of us, had heard this phrase from time to time over the course of our lives. The phrase is based on a system of law that does not hold a person guilty of a crime until after someone offers proof that the person actually committed the crime. That is the way the justice system in this country is supposed to work. We often don't really think about why is it the way that it is? Why and how did it come to be that way? But our system, our justice system, is the way it is because of an inability inherent in all human beings. We all share this. This disability that we all share prevents us from instantly knowing someone's guilt or their innocence the moment that we meet them. This very human, this very mere mortal reality prevents us from getting to know somebody until after we spend a significant amount of time with that person. And even then, our knowledge of that person is imperfect. The humankind limitation that I'm speaking of is our inability to directly evaluate the motives and the thoughts of the heart. I know that there are some people that are very good at 
reading body language and can be pretty accurate about knowing someone's emotional state. Have you ever met anyone like that? Maybe you're like that yourself. Sometimes these people are so good at what they do that they can almost make one think that they can read your mind. But the fact is, no human, well, no mere human can directly read the thoughts or emotions of another. However, God, God does not have this or any other limitation. God knows your mental and emotional process processes better than you know them yourself. God knows that, well, he knows every person inside and out. He knows our thoughts. He knows our emotions, our motivations. He knows everything. God even knows when you are fooling yourself. In today's gospel, Jesus tells us that God sees sin when it is still in the heart. Jesus said, from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Is that opportunity calling? Now, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And God sees our sin even while it is forming in the heart. God does not have to wait for a DNA analysis. He does not have to wait for fingerprint comparisons. He does not have to interview witnesses and evaluate their credibility. God already knows. God already knows our hearts. And the verdict is already clear to him. Now consider Jesus' words from the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 22. He says, I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. The Holy Spirit inspired John to write in 1 John 3, 15, everyone, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. These verses teach us that God already judges us by our hearts. If we hate someone or call them names, we have the heart of a murderer and are already guilty of murder in God's eyes. 
What about the next commandment? Well, I'm glad you asked. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 28, I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with a lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The instant you fantasize about having an intimate relationship with someone who is not your spouse, you have the heart of an adulterer and are already guilty of adultery in God's eye. Now, if we examine any one of the Ten Commandments and then imagine what God sees in our hearts, my heart, your heart, our hearts, we can only imagine that our hearts look like a toxic waste dump of sin. And is it any wonder that the Holy Spirit inspired Moses to write in Genesis 6, verse 5, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Holy Spirit also inspired Isaiah to write this in Isaiah 64, verse 6. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. A polluted garment. That doesn't sound so really bad, right? Well, it will when I get done with you. Are you listening? When I hear this passage, I am reminded of my children's diapers. I told you. About the time that Tracy and I were starting our family, there were some, and, and you get a lot of advice when you're a first-time parent. You get a lot of advice anyways, but there were some who felt that cloth diapers were somehow superior to disposable diapers. We didn't feel that way. Not for a moment. But some people did. We actually were sold on something far worse than a than a bucket full of cloth diapers. The apparatus that we received at a baby shower was called a diaper genie. And I wish I had never heard of a diaper genie. But let me describe for you, because you might not. For those who do not know what the modern marvel of the past was or what it did, here goes. Have you ever made sausage? Or have you ever seen sausage being made? Well, sausage is, the meat is put into casings, right? Well, the diaper genie is a big diaper casing sausage maker. <laughs> One puts the used diaper into the top of the dispenser slash sausage maker, and you forcefully push it down into 
who knows well into it. And then with just four or five twists of the dial, the soiled disposable diaper is now a segment, part of a segment that could be many diaper sausage links long. It was gross. It was smelly. And it was not used for long after our first child was born. We soon went low-tech with an Albertson's bag and an immediate trip outside to the trash can. Whenever I read the passage of Isaiah, now I'm back on point, Whenever I read this passage in Isaiah, I think of the inside of that diaper genie. And those who know me, that is not, I don't want to go there. I want to think, I want to think about puppies right now. Puppies, puppies. I've definitely handled some polluted garments in my time, and I think you all probably have too. This passage from Isaiah teaches us that our righteous deeds, our best behaviors, us being really nice, is like the inside of that diaper genie. So if that is true, what must the sin in our hearts look like to a holy God? That's why I am puzzled when people say that they want to give their hearts to God. <laughs> really? Let's just think about that for a minute. You want to gift wrap something worse than the inside of a ripe diaper and give it to God? That is what we would be doing if we offered our hearts to God as a gift. God has a much different plan for your heart and for my heart. God is not interested in receiving our hearts as a gift. Instead, he is interested in taking our hearts and putting them to death. Better explain something, Pastor. The Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write this in Romans 6, 3. Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus? We were baptized into his death. And in Romans 6, 6, he says, We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. And again in Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. It's simple as this. When Jesus went to the cross, when Jesus went to the cross, he took our filthy, toxic, sinful hearts with him. And in his death, he put those hearts to death. So what about the big empty space that would be left behind? We cannot live without hearts. So how does God address this problem? Well, on every Sunday, 
you hear the words of invocation. You say the words of confession, and your sins are forgiven in the words of absolution. Do you remember? Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. This is a prayer that asks God to create a clean heart to replace that old sinful heart that Jesus took to the cross. This is also happens in holy baptism. Even as the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write about the removal of the old heart, he inspired Paul to tell of the new. Paul said in 2 Corinthians verse 5, excuse me, chapter 5 verse 17. Paul writes, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And he also says in Romans 6, verse 5, if we have been united with him in a death like his, surely we shall be united with him in a resurrection like his. And in Romans 6, 8, he said, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. When the Holy Spirit plants faith in us, he does a heart transplant. He removes our filthy hearts of sin and he replaces them with new, clean hearts. Now, although we have new and clean hearts, we still live in a sinful world. And temptation still attacks us from all directions. And we often suffer defeat. And that is when our new hearts convict us of sin. And they drive us back to that cross. And there at that cross we once again confess our sins and we receive forgiveness for all of our sins. And in this way, God keeps our new heart clean until he takes us away from this world, this world of sin, to live with him in heaven where our hearts will never be sinful again. Each and every one of us was born with a toxic heart. It was a heart that loved sin and hated God. And over time, our continuous sinning only made our hearts blacker and more toxic. And there was no way that we could give our hearts as a gift to God instead God took our filthy, our sinful hearts, and he destroyed them at the cross. And now through holy baptism, he gives us newly created hearts, 
Hearts that fear. Hearts that love. Hearts that trust in him above all things. Hearts that turn to him in time of trouble and when temptations overwhelm us. Hearts that confess our sin in the sure and certain knowledge that God loves us for Christ's sake. And he will, he promises to forgive us. These are new hearts that will live with him in heaven and rejoice before his throne forever. These are the new hearts that God has created in us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Houses and land I may not know Many riches beyond known A little person in this world I may be I can't keep up with that style But I know I'm God's own child I claim Jesus first and last Enough for me I claim Jesus first of all when I call, for I know I have a soul, the sunset free. Underneath his loving wings, I'm as happy as a king. I claim Jesus first, and that's enough for me. time and place that you left the world of sin down on your knees Jesus bought my fallen soul and it's better felt than told I claim Jesus first and that's enough for me I claim Jesus first of all answer when I call, for I know I have a soul, the sunset free, underneath his loving wing, I'm just as happy as a king, I claim Jesus first and that's enough for me, I claim Jesus first of all,
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. And on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us all pray for the whole church in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, we ask you to be near us with your word and spirit. Guide and lead us that we may not stray from the way of your commandments, nor Forget the wonderful blessings that you have given to us. Direct us always with your word of truth. Lord, in your mercy, by your Holy Spirit, protect us this day from the assaults of the devil. Equip us with the full armor of God, that we may be clothed in truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation, bearing the sword of the Spirit, which is your word. Keep us all in safety and security from the forces of the evil one. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, preserve us from all that would defile us in heart and soul. Keep us from all evil thoughts, immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Create in us a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us that we would be holy as you are holy. Lord, in your mercy, God of all knowledge and wisdom, grant us to know you and your love. Bless pastors and teachers, parents and grandparents, and all who teach the faith that the gospel may continue to spread throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, you are the strength of the weak and the refuge of the powerless. Be with your people who are struggling 
with doubt, and with temptation. Grant assurance to the doubtful and deliverance to those tempted by this world. Give your power, your grace, and your love to those who need it. Lord, in your mercy, Lord of life, bring health and healing to your people. We pray for everyone in need of your mercy today, including Ashley and Carol and Bob and those who we name in our heart and out loud right now. Strengthen them, Lord, with your word of grace that they would look to you for comfort in the midst of suffering and pain. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord God, purify our hearts with your cleansing word. Remove all impurities from us and enable us to lead godly lives before you. Lord, in your mercy. And Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to shed his blood on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Bless us this day as we receive that same body and blood in his holy sacrament, remembering and proclaiming with joy the salvation accomplished for us by his death and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, it is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you all. Let us share the peace. Okay, let's continue with our regularly scheduled program. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord. Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, 
Holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I had a very special person who is special to me and loves me enough to give me pointers and some suggestions. So would you please be seated right now? Because I would make you stand while I said this. This meal is for all who confess Christ as Lord and Savior. This meal, his body, his blood given for you, it rescues you. It saves you from death and the devil and eternal damnation. It is your own personal Passover because that death goes right past you, just like it did on the night of the first Passover. This is a gift, and it's for you. It's for those who believe. I heard you. So come. The table is prepared. He gave to me within my heart is ringing and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever I'd stay in the garden with him Though the night around me be falling But he bids me go through the voice of woe 
Oh 
in my life, why do you go to church? Now it's, well, because I have to. (laughs) But I'm reminded each and every day as your pastor here of the blessings that come and are inherent in being in the body of Christ in this family. I was born with one mother and one father and one brother. But through the church, through this faith walk, and especially here, I have many mothers and fathers, and I'm grateful. I have many brothers <coughs> and sisters, and I'm grateful. And I'm thankful for you. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've heard this one before. It's Onward Christian Soldiers. So
church of God. Christians, we are treading where the saints have trod. We are not divided, all one body we, one in hope and doctrine, one in charity.